0: Welcome back to a new episode and a new season of The Talk, the podcast about changing the world from Nordea private banking. I'm Walter Neslund, and for this first episode, we've managed to get a hold of the super busy CEO of Bambuser, a live video company that has been around and struggling for 13 years, and that's Just now seems to have gotten its big break by pivoting to live video shopping. Bambuser's valuation has soared over 500% since January and is now valued at close to 630 million Swedish crowns. And my guest today has been at the helm of this amazing turnaround, and the optimism and positive energy that she gives off is just incredible. So I hope you'll be as inspired as I was by this conversation with the CEO of Bambuser, Mariam Garamani. How do you pronounce your last name in English? Garamani. Garamani.
1: It's like Armani, but with a G. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I called to, to Mango once. And I said, Hi, it's Mar- Mariam Garamani. Oh, are you Armani's daughter? I was like, I wish, but it's a G before it's Garamani, not Armani.
0: <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, this is Mariam Garamani. Yes. Thank Fantastic. You. So good, good to job. have you here. <laughs> Thank you. So good to have you here. Fantastic so to be here. When when I when I was a basketball player back in the day, I had this idea of, of the greatest talents, you know, making it. Mm-hmm. And it turned out not to be true. What turned out to be true was that the people that stuck to it, they were the ones who made it to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. They stuck to their sport. There's something to be said about Bambuser for that same thing, right? Mm, Correct. It's been around for 13 years. They just never quit. It's a dinosaur. (laughs) Despite having some hard times. Yes. And then you came in. Tell me what happened.
1: So I came in. To a company that correct has been around for a lot of years. So normally in meetings, I say that bamboozier is a dinosaur, but a new baby in an old body, <laughs> because that's the correct version of it. And they they have always been pioneering mobile live video. But I think what they were missing was that they have was that they were a little bit before their time. Um, so the market was never mature for the products that they actually released to the market.
0: I mean, Bambuser, I I remember Bambuser since a long time ago, and it's always been about live video. Yes. And in the beginning, it felt a little gimmicky almost Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it was, I guess, a decade before it's time or something. Yes. And now everybody's doing live video. Facebook is doing live video. Instagram is doing it. LinkedIn released it last year, I think. Yes, correct. And, um, Now, obviously, what happened for you guys was that live video shopping became a hit, and you were there with you know ten or no what what, eleven, twelve years of experience in live video. Yes, and took advantage advantage of that, right?
1: I think like what's fantastic with what what we're doing is that I, I remember when I came in. I mean, it was a crisis company, so the the media was like, "Oh, she's taking over this." crisis company, you know, and, and it was, it was, I think, like we had 12 months before we went into bankruptcy, so we didn't have any, any cash, if you look at it. And we didn't have a product. And I think if you look back over the 13 years that Bamboozer has been around, they have never actually focused on the commercial side. So I think the turnover has been very low. If you look at the years, they have never been up and, you know, really had a, like a great revenue. What I'm good at is the commercial part. We took a big bet, I would say. We had a little bit of money in in left and we didn't have a run rate for, you know, three years. So it was do or die <laughs> because I think also looking at the investors, I mean, the patience with the company was very low because they had been investing and investing. And, you know, it was like, oh, we're almost there. And I would say looking at at the background of Amboozor, they have been very close to a hit a lot of times. So it's not the first time we're, you know, close to a hit. Uh, But they've never actually come, you know, the whole way to being a hit. They've always been quite near. And like you say, everybody I meet is like, oh, I remember Bamboozer. They have some kind of relationship with Bamboozer. It's not new to a lot of people. Um, But I think also like what, what happened and what we have been doing is that we took a bet on that we believe that live video shopping, very inspired from China, of course, because that's where it's big and that's where it started, is going to be you know, the next big thing in the Western world. And we got our investors to to invest in that. So we actually did a first round of uh, uh, of some, you know, to gain some capital and it was quite small to build a product. So we built the product for around eight months and then we released it uh, the 26th of September last year. And that's when everything happened and started.
0: Well, then you had like, i guess four or five months of runway and then the entire physical world shut down so yes. they had to go through your platform
1: <laughs> correct so we we weren't expecting uh, covid-19 or the pandemics but i think that has been of course you know the 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 big effect you know the snowball effect of what we're seeing today
0: we i mean people are learning to meet not only their you know, teammates at work, but also their families and their parents through Zoom and Mm -hmm. Skype and, you know, what's up. And now they have that behavior already. Uh, So the step to shopping online live is perhaps not as big, right?
1: Correct. And I would say also, if you look at e-commerce, I mean, if you look when e-commerce, you know, like 20 years ago, you know, in the early beginning days of e-commerce, it's how do you, you know, present a product? You have a picture, you have a text, and then you have a buy button. I think if you look at the years, the buy button has, you know, been smaller, bigger, different colors, but everything with e-commerce has become smart. You know, you can deliver something in the morning and it's outside your door. Two hours later, the payments is you know, you have 20 different payment solutions and it's super smart and it's really advanced but how you still present the product looks like actually back in, you know, back in the early days. It's
0: the equivalent of the post-order catalog. Correct. Uh, the mail order catalog. Correct. Yeah.
1: I mean, it doesn't say you that much of a product, you know, or of a sizing or, you know, it's, it's a text and it's a picture. So I would say that the big innovation with, with what we are doing or building is actually that you present the product in a very natural way that you do in a store. You know, you talk about it, you squeeze it, you turn it, you know. It's 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 a more natural way of actually looking at a product that you want to buy. And then at the same time, you have a lot of interactivity so you can actually ask questions. I'm a size 36. Should I buy a 38 or a 40? So I mean, I think the big innovation and and the really cool coolness with our product is that it really innovates the way we talk about a product or offering instead of I I always say in my meetings that you go from a monologue to dialogue because for twenty years companies is like, okay, here's a red sweater or here is a, you know, a chair, buy it. But here you actually get a dialogue with the customer. Well, do you make it in red? Or do you think it would fit in this size? Or, you know, you really get a very natural dialogue that you actually have in a physical store. You never go into a physical store and somebody puts, you know, a a yellow chair on your head and say bye. (laughs) You normally go there with a request and somebody helps you. So, I mean, we're taking a behavior that's been around for decades in in a physical store to, you know, an online shop. And I would also say one of the other things that's amazing with with the product is that, you know, when you go into an e-commerce store, I mean you're not alone. It's hundreds of thousands of people there from all over the world, you know, shopping at the same time. But you never feel that because it's very static. But with live video shopping, it's so cool because you're in a you're in a stream on the e-commerce site and there is people from all over the world. And you can talk, you know, you see what they're writing and it, it feels very, you know, it's, it's like a pulse and it creates a very natural way of feeling that you're not alone and you're shopping with other people, like almost being in a store, you right. know, you're never alone at H&M, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're not that either when you're on the e-commerce site, but you never feel other people being there. So I would say that we're bringing a d- dimension or a new vertical into the retail that's very, you know. Very different from just going into, you know, H&M and just buying a blouse or a shirt.
0: Yeah, we always used to say that uh, when I, I used to work in TV and we were like, yeah, you know, online it's all fine and dandy, but television has live. Yes. And pe- we know, everybody knows that everybody else is watching the same show at the same time and there's mm. something very human about enjoying that. Yes, correct. Uh, and then you are doing it online. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: I normally say if I had to explain bamboozery one word, it's TV shop or QVC, uh, you know, 6.0 or, you know, yeah. it's it's the new way of, of interacting and buying things yeah. in a live stream.
0: Right. And we, I mean, I think that kind of social proof, I guess that's what they call it in mm-hmm. psychology, yes. uh, that everybody else is watching something and, you know, there's, something happens, especially when you employ scarcity in the situation as well. <laughs> there are only so many of these products. Correct. Um, so, but another
1: dimension of it actually is that you actually get a customer or a service that you will never get, you know, in an online shop. That you actually get through the product or the, the service that we get to our customers, and and what we what we're actually about to see also, and and the numbers from China is that the returns of the you know when you, you when you you when you buy something in a live stream, you have much lower. Uh, return rates, because you actually buy more right things. And that's amazing. I mean, that's really, you know, talking about the new world and sustainability and, you know, having a service that actually makes people buy more stuff. I think that's a very, um, for the team, a very interesting KPI that we're going to look at that are we able to actually get down the return rates? I think they're in China, the numbers around 10 to 15%. So if you buy something online in a live video stream, the return rates then go down. Yeah, um, and I don't think
0: I don't know if our listeners are familiar with that, but the returns uh, in, on online shopping—not all products, but a lot of products—is uh, a huge part, and it's also yes. one of the environmentally uh, or environmental problems uh, with online one shopping. One of the biggest one, I would yeah. say,
1: with with clothes and stuff getting burned, and you know. Um, yeah. I've heard that, you know, when you buy something, it's it's cheaper for the producer or the brand to actually, you know, throw it away or burn it, than get it back, pack it, repackage and re, you know, uh, yeah. and resend it.
0: Yeah. And, and that doesn't make any sense. No. Of course. No. So, but I think also there's something to, when I buy something from a person in a store and returning that is like, I'm letting that person down. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you know, it's a
1: little bit hard to go back, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and with... Uh, with uh, I think, and there's a lot of research on that as well. That anonymity makes people not think as much about, you know, their ethics. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, so, th- so this kind of introduces a layer of non-anonymity, I guess. Correct. In a way, or that f- the feeling of that. I hope least. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's super interesting. So that that's probably going to change how people recruit then, right? How people recruit for an online store. Suddenly, you need very like charismatic salespeople.
1: Yes, um, and I can actually take an example. Um, we have a customer of ours, Shell Company. That's a Swedish. I love them. Yeah, I love them too. <laughs> it's a Swedish company, and they sell everything, <laughs> uh, everything from you know hardware, cameras, uh, beauty stuff. Yeah. They have like everything. Well, el- electronics, yeah. Yeah, everything in electronics. Yeah. And when you go into Shell Company store, normally it's it's a desk. And then it's like people standing there. So, I mean, it's not a store that you go into and walk through and, you know, like collect things. And it's amazing to see that when they started, uh, I mean, they have, it's quite young people that works. You know, I would say it's generation X and Y that works in their stores as store personnel. And normally they're very into, you know something that they love they're nerds they're nerds in the best possible way i love that's what i love about the store so like they love you know you know everything about home devices or you know cameras and when they started with live streaming they didn't put a celebrity or an influencer or you know that type of you know character that a lot of companies do they were like we're gonna make our staff being the live streamers and that's something I want to come back to. Then, live streamers—that's the new generation. You're going from being an influencer to be a live streamer. And what we have seen there is that these kids or this the staff that works there—they just love to live stream. So they actually do around five to twelve, thirteen live streams a week. So they're very productive. And what I've heard is that the staff just loves this. You know, they love to have this communication channel. That's something else. And they're really using, you know, their experience and their know-how. That's why you go to them to actually buy something to be able to assist more than one people in the store. Because in a live stream, I mean, if you're Anders from shopping, you can actually assist 20 or 200 people in a stream than being in a store and being able to, you know, help one or two people. Uh, So I think it's amazing to see how it transforms customers or companies from being very physical to being very digital.
0: Yeah, and you also live stream to, to many people at once. Correct, so, it's one too many. Right, so you you do, I mean, the value of each of these employees goes up. Very much. And the satisfaction in that, of course, is mm. It's just amazing. Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's how you get your stage time these days. Yes, so <laughs> they're becoming,
1: and but they're actually becoming hosts. Yeah. And, you know, not celebrities, but they're becoming, you know, they're getting airtime. Yeah, Uh, and I think like for a lot of people, they love that. Yeah, and they get closer to the customer, and and it's just like a big win-win. I would say. Uh, So they're small TV hosts. That's how you can actually see it. Yeah, because a live streamer is like to being a YouTuber. Then you're great at talking to your audience, but you're doing it on demand. Uh, But here it's it's live, and it's like you know, like you say in television, you know, live is it's a lot of pulse in something that's live.
0: Yeah. So so I I guess um we were all wrong then. It's not everybody's going to have 15 minutes of fame. We're all no. going to have like uh several hours of mini fame.
1: I think so. Yeah. We'll see.
0: So um, what about you? You how did you end up here of all places?
1: At Bamboozer. It's quite a fun story actually. So what happened was that uh, I was actually pregnant, and I had decided to be home for quite a while—quite a while, but a couple of months before I was giving birth. And I'm—I'm I'm a workaholic. I love to work. I mean, it's—it's it's my big passion, and I've always worked with fun stuff.
0: Can, can we just change the term "workaholic"? It's so negative. is
1: it negative? Okay, what do you say? It's—it's—it's it's, it's a part of my life. I mean, yeah. work.
0: I'm the same way, so yeah, I think we yeah. just find something yeah. better to say. What
1: do you say then? I mean, it's for me, it's like. Work is nothing. Is not something I go to. It's a part of my everyday life. Right. It's like you know. I don't know what to call it actually, but that's good. Workaholic maybe is a. It's a negative. You know.
0: Let's 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 work on it. See what okay, we can we come up with. It,
1: yeah. But I I love to work and I and I was pregnant with my second child and my husband was like I think you need a break. You know I think you just take a couple of months. You know relax and give birth and then you can decide what you want to do with your life. And I got a lot of um, questions from different companies and headhunters, and then uh, I got a call, Then I remember this morning, I was in my kitchen, and it called from a headhunter, and I actually know them, because they have been headhunting me before to different um, jobs or uh, placements. You're a favorite of theirs. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit, actually. I like them a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, and she said, like, hi, Mar- Mariam, you know, we have this amazing opportunity, and because they know me because they've known me for so many years, so they know my background, and she was like, "Yeah, maybe it's like, but but I know you're perfect for this, you know you're you're a perfect fit." And I was like, well, what's the company? It's Bambooser. I was like, oh, Bambooser, I think I've heard of it. Or like, what you say, everybody has like a connection with bamboozer from back in the days. And I was like, yeah, I think, yeah, when I worked at Aftonbladet, we actually worked with bamboozer. And I was like, okay, and uh, where, 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 where is the office? And she was like, it's uh, it's at Westmanagatan 39. And I was like, okay. And I live at Westmanagatan 42. It's so <laughs> just across the, you know, it's just across the street. So I'm standing in my kitchen, uh, taking coffee, you know, early in the morning. Log- my, the in Wi-Fi. my bathroom, you know, <laughs> and looking in down to Bamboozer's <laughs> office, and I was like, "Well, that's quite good, you know. It's just going over the street, even." And and I was like, "Okay, okay." And then I was like, "Okay, let's, you know, talk more about it." Yeah. And that evening, I said to my husband, like, I, I got a great offer, and it's just across yeah. the street. It's not too long to walk. And he was like, you promised me to be home. You promised me. You yeah, know? yeah, I'm almost home. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm almost home. It's like, you know, two meters away. Yeah. He,
0: the baby, it, baby monitor yeah. will reach across the street.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and it was actually... um a temporary job, so it was like being temporary CEO for six months because it was a crisis company and they, you know, they didn't have too much, too much uh, cash in in the balance. So it was like, you know, we need to find a way to to save the company. So it was a six months agreement, and it was perfect because when the one week before the agreement went out in August, I was actually giving birth. So that I, I was just like, this is just perfect, you know. So I actually convinced my husband to like, I'm gonna take it very slow. It's just across the street and uh, and um, also my gut feeling. You know, I have been a person who've always trusted my, my gut feeling. So I always take decision, actually not with my brain and on facts, but much more with my gut feeling. And I just had this, you know... And I remember my friends and my colleagues and everybody was like, you're crazy jumping onto this, you know, after being at ACAS, you know, the hottest startup in Sweden. And I was like, I have a good feeling about this. I actually didn't know what I actually jumped onto, <laughs> I believe. But I think I had a really good gut feeling that we could do something great with this company.
0: Yeah, and and, um, and you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With it, with it, <laughs> you not did. me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. as in yeah. everybody. Yes. But, but are the original founders or are they still around or?
1: No? Uh, so it was four founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two guys in in Oulu, Finnish guy, Finland from Finland, and they are the the brains or the the, the technicians uh, behind Bamboozer. and amazingly, they're actually employed in the company. So they have Tom and Martin was actually the founders. And they were at Obu University and they did an exam job on mobile live video. Uh, This was before we even had a smartphone. So I don't even realize how you can actually send mobile live from, you know, an old phone. And then the other two founders that was like the commercial guys, they found they, they had an idea about like, how could we commercialize the free speech? How could we give, you know, journalists around the world instead of like these big buses coming with, you know, a lot of people, how could they just pick up their mobile phone and send, you know, great news coverage into news desks around the world. So they were then um, Googling and then they found Tom and Martin and then the four of them became Bamboozer and they started Bamboozer. Uh, the commercial guys are, are not in the company today, they left. But, uh, but Tom and Martin is actually still in the company, and I think that's quite amazing and fantastic with BambooZer right? that they stuck around for thirteen yes. years. That's a long the time. Most
0: patient startup people or entrepreneurs I've ever heard of.
1: <laughs> I think so. I would say that. it's <laughs> that's be- beautiful. That's though, beautiful. So you can I see this. Th- it's beautiful, and mm. you know, uh, I think with life you have a you know you have a legacy. I mean, Bambuser's legacy is 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 pioneering, but also a crisis company because commercially wise, they've never you know had any revenue or you know been successful in the commercial part. But but the tech part and and the intelligence has always been pioneering and fantastic. And I would say that it's just quite amazing now when when we have great you know big funds and amazing owners, yeah, and they. They say like, or or I say like, we would never have been here without the legacy. So, you know, the the 12 years or the 10 years before I came in was a part of the puzzle because we will never be able to do what we're doing today if the 10 years of Bamboozer hasn't been played out.
0: Yeah, it's it's the basketball player who stuck around. Correct. Right, and just um, pushed through.
1: It's an amazing story, actually. But I think also like, you know, you... It's, it's been reinvented. And I think also like we came in and the 10 years was something we needed. It was a must to actually do what we're doing today. Yeah. I normally take like a comparison to doing, you know, like um, you're going to bake something nice. Like the, the main ingredients was the ten years and then all the new ingredients needed to come around to make, you know, this fantastic cookie or cake. The
0: Asian fusion in your case. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but 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 also we would we would never have been where we are today if we started with, you know, live video yeah.
0: two years ago. Because you did pick up the live video shopping from Asia or from China.
1: Correct. And it, it's actually quite a fun story. Um it was the summer uh, the, the same summer i was giving birth so it was like i started in march and i think this was in august and associated press has been one of our com- uh, customers for a long time and also one of our biggest owners back 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 in the days when media was a big thing for us and then Sandy, that's on the board and that I've been working really close with, he he called me. I, I remember I was, you know, I w- it, it was the, also the hottest summer in Sweden, 2018, if you remember. So I was very warm. I was very pregnant. <laughs> I was very tired. And then he calls me. I think it was like two weeks before I was giving birth. And he's like, Mary... Um, Tencent is interested in bamboozer. And I was like, You're kidding me? Tencent, you know, like this little company in Sweden, you know, the crisis company with no product and no. And I was like, okay, and I and I thought that they wanted the media product. So I jumped on a on a call with this woman that Sandy put me together with. And she was like, Hi, um, uh, we're interested if you have live video shopping. And I was like, Live video shopping? I've heard of it, but I, I didn't know what it was really. So and I was like, I'm sorry, we, we don't have any live video shopping. We have live video, but we don't have the other stuff that you want. And she was like, okay, but if you you know have that type of product, please get back to me. So I went back to the team and I was like, guys, we need to look at this. I mean, Tencent wants live video. Tencent called us, of course, we build something that they want. And that's how it actually started.
0: Wow. So <laughs>
1: it's it's actually an amazing story. They never yeah. become customers and I haven't actually heard from them back then but that was like the the starting point for us looking at this at this direction
0: I always ask people about what's your top three advice for entrepreneurs and, and company builders and normally I would let you choose uh, I would let you choose two but I will choose one okay. and my first question will be uh, how do you recruit people to a company that everybody thinks is um, on its way out
1: I think for me, it was um, the first 12 people I employed was people that I had somehow worked with, not maybe in the same company, but they had been customers to me or the other way. And people that I trusted were amazing at their, what they did. Uh, so not generalists, but more experts in, you know, what they did and i think a little bit like you know being uh, very humble but like when you're when you're you know um, i want to be the president of the united states you know it's an election and people are like you know i i vote for obama i'm with obama i think it was a little bit the same thing that i picked people and they picked me to be you know the the person like they were not saying i'm going to bamboozle They were more like, I'm teaming up with (laughs) Mary, or Mary, which everybody calls me at work. So it was more like, I'm teaming up with Mary to do something great. It wasn't maybe so much about bamboozery, it was more that we're getting the chance to work together. And that's actually how I recruited in the beginning. And also, of course, with a big vision that, you know, guys, we're going to do an amazing turnaround. It's much more fun to do a turnaround than do, you know... uh, a spike. You know, you start from something and it just goes really good from the beginning instead of thinking something that's really fantastic, but it hasn't went that well and making this big U-turn. I think also that was the people I picked or handpicked actually was really interesting in, you know, the first guy was my CPO from, and Jesper, he had been at Spotify for, I think, eight years. Uh, And I think also, like, it was amazing for him going from, you know, this, I mean, quite established big company that Spotify is today. It's not a startup or scale up. It's a, you know enterprise company to going back to the small and, and, and not do everything from the beginning, but more, how to say, reinvent what has been done during the, the year. So, so for me, it was picking people who wants to work with me. And who can believe in the great vision we had from BambooZer? Eh? Maybe not going to BambooZer. That was a crisis company mm. from like companies like Spotify or H and M, you know. Yeah. Because that was companies that I, you know, picked people from. <laughs> yep. And and one of the one of my um, I mean Sophie, that's my commercial commercial girl, and who I work very close to. She said that when I started, and she came from H and M actually. She was like. I didn't want to update my LinkedIn because nobody understood right. why I exactly. was choosing bamboozer actually. And she was like, I was choosing you. But, you yeah. know, all of my colleagues were, are you crazy? Where are you going? You know, and this was, of course, because, you know, we got this spike and we did turn around yeah. that way in. But
0: everybody loves a great comeback. Yes, everybody loves yeah. that. Yeah. OK, so, so that was one. What's the two more?
1: I would say um, passion. So passion is going to make you successful. If you do something you love, it's going to, you know, it's going to be great. Even if it's, you know, having a bakery or you don't have to build, you know, the next, next unicorn, but I think being passionate and and having fun, it's going to make you successful. So really choose what you're good at and what you love to do. And I actually learned that quite early in my life. So when I was studying, I had two extra jobs. One was as a dance teacher. I love to dance. I love music and moving my body. So for me, it was like, I got a free workout. I got to meet amazing people <laughs> in all ages. And I actually got paid for it. It was like, the, the, I, I remember I was 16 years old at that time. And I remember I came back to my mom and I said, it's so strange. I have so much fun. And then I'm actually getting a salary every month for doing something I love. I could do it for free. And also I, I started, uh, it was like around 17, I got a summer job as like an event manager for uh, one of the bigger Swedish uh, Riks FM uh, radio stations. And I got to, you know, um, employ all of my friends and it was just amazing. And we got to do all the fun events. So we like, you know, picked uh, picked up Take That at the, the the airport and we drove them to the event and then we got to party with them <laughs> in the evenings and I was standing I remember this I was standing in the bar you know partying with celebrities and I was like we're getting paid for this this is like crazy <laughs> yeah. you know like we should pay for being here right and I so think, then you're not the workaholic no because you love it I love it so I think like that's my that's my first and foremost mm-hmm. actually advice to everybody is that if you do what you love And if you do something that you're passionate with and you would actually think away the salary, you understand me? Like you could do it for free because it's so much fun. I mean, you will be great at it. It's just so natural for me. Then, you know, thriving in something that's not you or, you know, I I don't believe in that. I, I think like being simple, like simplicity for me is everything in life. And what you do and what you love and what you're passionate about, it's, it's so easy. I mean, I have friends, you know, they're working as consultants at McKinsey or whatever. And they're just amazing with children. You know, they just, all the children love them. I'm like, you should have a daycare, you know, yeah. like you would be so successful, <laughs> you know. Stop with your day work, it's yeah. so boring. Like do what you're good at and what you're passionate about. So for me, it's like my advice is like quit your day job. <laughs> And do what you love. It can be another day job or starting a company, but but do what you love. Have fun every day because then you're going to be super successful.
0: Yeah. And not be a workaholic.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's good. Do what you love.
0: I think that's great advice. I think we actually packed at least five or six pieces of advice into yes, that. Yes. So I think uh, that, will, that will have to do for our listeners mm-hmm. today. And I would love to talk to you for another hour, but i I'm not. I don't have the time, no. or we don't have the time. <laughs> no. Our listeners don't have the time, but uh, let's let's do a second episode at some point.
1: Yes, I would love that.
0: Great to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the talk, the podcast about changing the world from Nordea Private Banking. I'm Walter Nesland, and for the rest of this season, I'll be taking you through a total of twelve interviews with the three most interesting entrepreneurs. We can think of from the four Nordic countries. And the lineup we have is fantastic. So hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of them. And thanks again. Have a great day.